Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yes. Raymond Felton right back. Seconds. Felton for three. With 1.3 to go. What's up and welcome to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Network presented by Bet Online. My name is Sam Dracula. Raymond Felton is with me. Raymond, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. How about you, Sam? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's a uh, regular season's over with. The play-in is tomorrow as we're recording this. It's a uh, interesting time. A little interesting time. Uh, I can't believe the regular season is over, first off. Like, I was, it's flown by for me, at least. Oh, man. The year's going by fast. Super excited, though. Mm-hmm. I actually, I'm actually excited about the playoff basketball because that's when I feel like guys are really buckling in, guys are getting serious, and guys is playing for something. So that's when the game becomes good again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's too it's it's weird that it flew by too because this is the first 82 game season we've had in three years. <laughs> we right. had the bubble year, and then uh, the shortened year last year was 72 games. So now we're like a, it's a full season plus the extra playing. Uh, game, so it, it's a it's a full slate, full slate of basketball here coming up shortly. But uh, we're gonna in this episode, we're talking about the Hornets at the with the ten seed taking on Atlanta for the um, in the playing game. We're gonna talk um, this the regular season and the playing today. We're talking Russell Westbrook rumors. We're talking the playoffs in general, and we're talking award winners as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's features. And don't forget that MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is a continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Oh yeah, regular season's done. Hornets, 43 wins, 39 losses, a winning record, first winning record since the 2015-2016 season, like... Obama was in office at the time. That's how long ago it was. Uh, they finished in 10th place in the East, tied with the Hawks. Hawks have the tiebreaker over them. And because of that, we're going to Atlanta tomorrow um, to, play, to play Atlanta. It's, uh, it, what, do you, what do you think of this matchup? Uh, just, we'll start with that. Uh, well, how do you think the Hawks and Hornets kind of match up against each other? <clears throat> My opinion, I think that, you know, it's going to be a good game. I mean, two two young teams that can put it up. Uh, they both can score. They both can score. So I think it's going to be a, a wild score and get up and down game. And it's all boils down to who wants it more, to be honest. You know, I can't say two teams that's so even in my books. You know, those guys, to me, are evenly killed. And I don't know. Depends on who gets hot. Depends on who wants it more. That's what it boils down to. And I feel like Charlotte should be a whole lot more hungrier than than um, Atlanta. Atlanta kind of made a, a pretty good push last year. So, with that being said, they are battle-tested. But, you know, Charlotte, you know, we got some revenge to get back from last year. So, oh, so hopefully those guys remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's key. That, that's a big that's a big key. <laughs> like, it's like, from... 
just from like a just a, from a, like an energy point of view, like last season going into the play, and the Hornets were on a a five game losing streak, I believe. Uh, Lamelo Ball was still nursing his injury, like he he was out for a month and a half or whatever. He came back for the final ten games. Um, he was constantly doing this. You could tell his his right wrist his right wrist was bothering him mm-hmm. uh, when he did come back. His shooting uh, really took a tank um, when he did come back. He just clearly wasn't hundred uh, percent. So he's healthy and better, a better player this time versus last time. Uh, the Hayward situation is the same. You know, uh, since we last recorded, uh, Hayward's basically been ruled out for two weeks. So depending on how the Hornets do. We'll find out if Hayward will be back, but he's not going to play um, in this game just like last year. Uh, Bridges individually is a better player than he was last year. Plus, you have Harrell, you have Isaiah Thomas, you have Kelly Oubre, uh, three veterans that this team didn't have last year. Also, talking about individuals being better, Cody Martin is an improved player. Jalen McDaniels is an improved player. Uh, Mason Plumley, I didn't mention him. I'll add him to the veteran list I mentioned before. Mason Plumley wasn't on the squad last year, so... I think overall, it's a better roster, and they have more, way more momentum than they did last season going into the play. It's a five-game losing streak versus a three-game winning streak going into this game. So they have the makings of doing something positive um, on Wednesday night. And plus, they just beat the Hawks um, last month. Like they, held, they held Trey Young to nine points. I think he had six turnovers and 15 assists still, but you know they, they put the clamps on him and they showed out something something really positive that I'm sure Nate McMillan has watched that game a lot of times um, mm-hmm. since <laughs> in prepare, preparation of this one, as well as I'm sure Borrego has as well. It's because like, I, I feel like Nate, I'm just gonna get into it. Uh, going into that game last month, uh, the game was tied into the, going into the fourth and Borrego went small. And PJ was causing mismatch issues for, with Capella. Mm-hmm. He was too he was too quick for Capella, too big for like to, for uh, Bogdanovich to switch on and those guys. And PJ was one of the main main difference makers to like to push the Hornets forward on top of just the overall uh, defensive effort. And so I'm wondering like if if Brego goes small off rip, will like what does Nate McMillan counter with that? Like John Collins' availability is kind of up in the air as well. So there's a the, the chess game going into this in a, in a do or die scenario is really interesting interesting because like. Nate's done, Nate's been here before. Like he did that. They had that great run last year, you know. And mm-hmm. it, uh, Brego, this is for the second crack at the playing. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, I got to hope for the best with it. But <laughs> I think they had enough time to prepare for this game. I believe. Plus, they had plenty of practice playing each listen, other four listen, times in the regular season. No question. Every game, like I told you last time we talked last last time we was on the podcast here. Hey, these last 10, 15 games is like playoff games. You know what I'm saying? Like you preparing yourself for a playoff, for a play-in game. You preparing yourself for the first round. So, you know, these guys are already ready. They are already battle tested. It's all about how you're going to approach this game. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you come out there and give it all you got and you, you know, you just lose to the better team that night, then you just have to live with that. But if you come out not ready to go from the beginning, you know what I'm saying? Like just not prepared and just so many things like that that you can control, then, you know, then that's on you. But if you come out ready to go, it's a, it's a, just a, a tight-knit, down-to-the-wire type of game. And if they come off on the wrong end of the stick, you know, I'll be, I, I won't be satisfied or happy with it. But, you know, I, I can say, I can clap my hands and say, look, my guys gave it all they had. You know what I'm saying? Get go go have a good offseason and be ready to go next year, man, and make sure that y'all in the playoffs next year and still in the play-in. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but injuries and stuff hurts. I get that. You know, having Hayward out definitely hurts big time. But next man up. Like you said, a lot of guys that can really play, a lot of guys that's young and, you know, has really got better as individuals. So now it's time to prove it. This is when you prove it. You do it all season, you know, have good, have a good year and improve. But this is when you really prove that, okay, I can really step up in big games and make things happen. So, you know, let's, let's hopefully that happens from a whole bunch of guys off that bench because they're going to need them. Yeah, because in, in previous matchups, the, the Hawks bench, like in previous Hawks victories, their bench was really key. Like Gallinari off their bench um, mm-hmm. specifically because caused the Hawks issues, excuse me, caused the Hornets issues um, off the bench. And the Hornets kind of w- have gone through different stages of the season with like the between the first matchup, between the second matchup, between the third matchup, to the fourth matchup. Like the Hornets squad has been very different between availability and just from a roster construction point of view has been mm-hmm. through a lot of change um, in those different matchups. It's kind of hard to like track and like uh, analyze these games game to game because there's such a like a vacuum in a sense. But in the first game, the first matchup of the season, uh, Atlanta won 115 to 105. Capella with 2015 and two blocks. Uh, Trey with 19 and nine. Um, Bridges put up 35. Lamella almost had a triple double. Uh, but the issue was like the Hornets shot 25% from three. And the bench outscored them. And it was just, you know, it was a pretty even, but like that, that small difference goes a long way when the shots aren't falling and the other team's second unit is putting up buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, the second matchup in, the, in December, a month later, Hornets won. This is the, this is the weird game where the, you had no Terry, no Mello, no McDaniels, and no Mason Plumley. And they, Miles went four from six from three. Ubre went six of 10. Cody went three of six. It went off 46 from, from 46% from distance in that game. Uh, Trey, John Collins, Herder, they went off on their end as well. But the Hornets were red hot from, from distance and th- that pushed them through, you know? Um, so it's, so that's what I mean. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to, to track it. Cause like uh, the very next game, the third game of the season, Atlanta won that one. They go 2-1 on like the season series. This is the game I was at, so it's probably my fault the Hornets lost. Uh, Hornets were ice cold, 11% from three. And so mm. you, see, you see that, and you're like, well, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> like, if you're not, if those shots aren't falling, there's no chance. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't, doesn't matter uh, who's on the floor. Yeah, uh, four of 36. Four of 36 from Man, distance that game. They got to be ready, though. They got to uh-huh. be ready. They, that can't happen, you know? That just can't happen, you know. And they they gotta, you know. That'd be one of the things as a coach. I would I would just bring that up in in film session. Like, look, if we're gonna take these shots, we gotta make them. Yep. At the end of the day, we can't go four for thirty six. This is what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, we're gonna end up losing this game if that's the way we shoot the ball. You know what I'm saying? So they just gotta. I don't know, man. Like I said, the preparation just gotta be gotta be locked in. They gotta be locked in, ready to go. Everybody. I'm talking about from the starters to the bench. They got to be ready to play. Yeah, off rep too, because we've had we've mm-hmm. seen the, this team come out to slow starts um, in the first quarter and then find themselves climbing out of a hole in a, in a do or die scenario. You can't. There's no room for that. You got to have no. four quarters. Try to win all four quarters uh, to get it done. And to your, mm-hmm. to your point about to like preparation, like they had that that awful shooting performance in January uh, here in Charlotte against Atlanta, and then in their next game, the final game of the regular season between the two teams. Uh, that's what the game I mentioned at the top, where they held Trey to nine points, um, kept Atlanta to 106 
which is actually an accomplishment because that team like, can put up points. So like that's the by far the best defensive effort against Atlanta during the regular season. Uh, they were doubling and uh, and and like touching up Trey every chance they could. Um, it was a season low at that point, at least of uh, points wise for Trey Young. Um, I think he had six turnovers as well. When I mentioned this, the, the adjustments that Brego made um, with with PJ Washington. Um, and the individual efforts as well. Like everyone got involved uh, to get that win, and I think that's that's the game plan. You know, that's that's the key. That's the that's so what it's gonna take. Yeah, they they did it once. They've got to do it again a month later. There you go. There you go. They know they know they can do it. So just got all about going out and getting it done. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to. It. I think I think the game ends up being something like the game in the in December where it was like 130 to 127. I think it's be one of those type of games. <laughs> Uh, and I think we may see one or two logo threes because this bigger picture. Um, how, how old is Trey Young? Like, Trey's like 23, maybe something like that. 23, 24, yeah. Uh, probably about 23. Yeah, 23. It'll be 24 in September. Mm-hmm. Lamelo is 20, 21, something like that. Um, the future is bright um, in the Southeastern Conference, right? Like between mm-hmm. these guys, this could be a taste of like future series to come. Uh, so Hornets fans, Hawks fans, I think we can all kind of at least maybe stress during the game, but we can at least appreciate this because we can see a lot of this um, in the next like five to 10 years. Exactly. I totally agree. Two young talents, two young point guards. That's going to be the future of this NBA. And I can't wait to sit on my couch and, and take a look tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it, um, what, what, let's see here. Yeah, that game is at 7, I think, tomorrow. So be tuning in for that for sure. Uh, the, the winner, if you're unfamiliar with the plane, I guess we go for the, the for anyone listening who's, not, who's confused about the plane. So Atlanta plays the Hornets. The winner of that game goes on to play the loser of Brooklyn-Cleveland. The loser mm-hmm. of Hawks Hornets is done. It's one and done. You got to win two games to get the eight seed. That's the best the Hornets or Hawks can do, um, given the the plane. Um, and if you're the Nets or the Cavs, you get two cracks at the playoffs basically. So you can lose this game. The winner of that game goes to the seven seed. They play the Celtics. The loser of the game plays the Hawks Hornets, and the winner of that goes on to plays the Heat. So. There's a, there's a big bad wolf sitting at the end of this for, for, for any team coming in because the Heat would be a problem. Uh, Celtics uh, got up to the two seed to close things out after Milwaukee lost. So um, got to take it one game at a time. You know, you take, the, take, take the wins where you can get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing um, that popped up with the Hornets specifically, because we're talking just like rest of NBA stuff here shortly. But with last week, it was last week, there was some... All over Twitter was Russell Westbrook stuff coming about um, the Hornets inquiring about him for a potential trade um, to bring him to Charlotte. It uh, doesn't seem like the reports were made. It seemed like it wasn't meant. The move wouldn't be to have him play for the Hornets. It would be a buyout scenario and then which would allow the Hornets to get out, get, get out of the Hayward contracts, the Hayward contract or maybe the Rozier contract, whatever deal they had to make they work to make the trade work and then do something with that cap space. Um, and then, you know, since then, we've, I've heard the Pacers talked about, um, and that's a very similar deal, a trade for a buyout. Um, Knicks kind of linked to it, the same kind of thing. Um, what do you make of this? Because like, around the same time, they, they like two days, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, they officially fired Vogel. Uh, Lakers seem to, do a, seem to be doing a lot of like finger pointing right now. And Westbrook is kind of being a scapegoat. 
in this, at least in my opinion, and Vogel definitely is with his uh, with his exit. What's your what's your viewpoint on what what, they, what they're doing to Rust in, in LA? I think it's you know if I'm allowed to say this on on <laughs> yeah go on for live, it. Allowed to say this on live, I think it's bullshit. Yeah, you know, and um, I don't know, man. Him being a friend, you know, him being a you know being a little bro. Uh, I hate to see it because I know how talented he is. I know everybody around this league know how talented he is. And um, he's getting a lot of backlash over the years of being a guy who, you know, take bad shots or, you know, shoot like this, shoot like that. Listen, man, everybody's not going to be Steph Curry shooting. You know, everybody can't shoot like that. Everybody has the part of their game that makes their money. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a great job for, you know, maximizing and got to his peak of his game of his game, what he plays, how he plays. And he's become a superstar in his league, MVP, um, got so many records. And it's just like, I feel like you could be put in bad situations and it, it could be bad for you. And I think that's just what it is, regardless of who fault it is, who wants to blame who. You know, like, I hate when they try to blame one person for a failure of the season. It's not one person's fault. That's a talented team over there, and they just can't figure it out together. It's just that simple. I don't care what they say. I don't care what anybody say. All right, like, and I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to blame uh, Frank Vogel either, you know, but maybe. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to bring in a new coach to deal with certain talents. And maybe he wasn't the fit for that. Not saying he's a bad coach, because he's not. You know, he did bring a championship there. And um, he's done things great in the past with the Pacers. So, you know, maybe that just wouldn't have fit for him with those, with the personnel that he has. And nobody want to point the finger, but sometimes you got to, sometimes the front office got to look, they look their stuff in the mirror too and say, okay, you know, maybe this wasn't a good fit with what we put together. And that happens. You're human. Mm-hmm. Just like we are human as players. You know, we're not going to have every season playing great. You know what I'm saying? We, we go out to play the best we can, but sometimes it don't happen. You know why? Because we're human. So you are human, too, and you can say, okay, you know what? This didn't work. You know, we tried something. We tried to put a team together, and they didn't mix. It's that simple. But when you start pointing fingers, that's when, that's when it gets bad. That's when, like, things get unhappy, and that's why it started looking the way it did, you know, towards the end of the season. Because it was a lot of finger pointing. It was a lot of, you know, a lot of things that you probably don't see behind the scenes. And I just know how Russ is. Russ is big on loyalty. Russ, Russ is big on, you know, if you got a problem with me, you got something to say, you know, come talk to me. And, you know, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of stuff said behind his back. You know, I just look at the bench, you know, see some of these coaches and their their body language when he get a he get a turnover. And it's just like disgusting to see. Because some of those guys on there, I know them, and it's like some of y'all played before. And when y'all sitting over there acting like somebody turned the ball over and y'all throwing your hands up in the air, and y'all making all these gestures, and it's like y'all, none of y'all was perfect when y'all played either. So that's, I think that's – and I think all of them stupid for that. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I can't stand that. That makes me mad when you try to show a man up as a coach. Like, y'all telling everybody to be professional, sometimes y'all need to be professional too. You know what I'm saying? Because if a man, as a player, if I'm looking at you as a coach over there throwing your hands up and doing the most because I turn the ball over, like, you know, like now, you know, it's just, it's just it becomes a mental thing now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then if he gets to a point where, oh, nah, I ain't, all right, they want to treat me like this, oh, no, then he off them. 
You know, now you don't want to talk to them. Now the whole energy is gone. Now the whole relationship ain't going to be there. I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things, man. Like, it's just, you know, everybody needed everybody on that on that team, that roster, on that coaching staff in front office. Everybody need to take a look in the mirror and look and say, like, okay, I could have done better in this situation. You know, maybe this wasn't the best fit. Maybe this, you know, just wasn't the, the best personnel. Maybe this wasn't the best coaching staff for for this particular team. I mean, just just everybody need to take a look instead of saying it's Russell's fault. Oh, it's Frank Vogel's fault. Like, I just think that's just BS, man, if you ask me. I, I just, I don't like it. Can't blame one person for a whole season. Right, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> and to, to be at this stage where uh, they, like, the Vogel stuff, they, he, he found out he was going to get fired the next day. Like, they had their last game of the season. Reporters are asking, like, hey, do you know that, that Woe just tweeting about they're gonna, you're going to be told you're going to get fired the, like tomorrow? Like, that is so messy and so weird to me. You like, know, you know, it's, it's, I he mean, said, I haven't, he said, I haven't, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I, nobody has said anything to me. It's so, so weird. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, I was so messed up, like, to even say that. You know, and that's another thing. Like, how something like that could even be said to a guy, like, I'm still, I'm still the coach here. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to be professional, but as soon as a man blows up and goes crazy, then it's like, now he's the bad guy. And it's like, look what this, what, look what this man just said to him, man. <laughs> My last game of the season, we left on a high note. We won a game in overtime, and my young guys played great. Happy yeah. for them. Let me enjoy something positive about this season rather than you come in the press conference and say, hey, by the way, um, did you know you was going to get fired tomorrow? Yeah. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. that makes somebody go. I, I, I commend Frank Vogel for he handled that pretty responding well. the way he did. Yeah, Because yeah. I don't know if I would have handled it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would have went crazy. I don't think I would have went off. You know what I'm saying? Just being emotional, being the type of season we had and just the expectations that we had. I don't know. I think I would have went off. But, you know, you know, shout out to um, Frank Vogel, man, for being professional and handling that the right way. Oh, no doubt. Because, yeah, he... He, he would have had every right to lose his mind in that moment, Man. but Man. He, he kept his composure. <laughs> he kept his Man. composure. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's not a Lakers podcast, but they Lakers make they make news, man, and they they they're not have, they have nothing to do with anything. The po- it's postseason time, they got eliminated like a week or two ago, and you know they still find a way to make headlines. But it's 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 interesting from a basketball point of view when you have a major franchise like this and who are kind of in disarray at the moment but hey it is what it is it is what it is um so we'll take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about the playoffs in general we'll talk we'll make some predictions and uh talk some uh nba season awards so we'll be right back trying to tackle debt you know pay down debt it can be stressful right especially when you have multiple monthly payments to keep track of now if you ever get tired of juggling those those multiple due dates Consider consolidating your debt with a personal loan. You know, that way you'll just have one due date a month and Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data to find loan offers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Karma will even show you your chances of approval so you can choose between loan offers that you're more likely to get approved for and apply with more confidence. Comparing loan offers on Credit Karma is 100% free and will not affect your credit scores, and you could save money. 
Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see your personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. All right, so the playoffs in general. We've talked about the Hawks and the Hornets and the other side of the play in Nets and Cavs. Um, on the other side, we have the Pelicans and Spurs, Minnesota Clippers in the, uh, in the Western Conference play-in. Raymond, who do, you, who do you feel makes it out of the play-in on, um, between the Cavs, Nets, Pelican Spurs and uh, Wolves Clippers. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. I like the Clippers though. I like the Clippers. The way they've been playing all year. Um, Tyrone was doing a great job, you know, just having those guys prepared and you know, doing a great job at coaching with your two, your two superstars gone. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, then, you know, you got PG back. That helps. Yeah. With, you know, a very confident, very confident team that, that can play. So, and well coached. So I don't know. I I, I like I like the Clippers chances on on that um on that West Coast side. I like um believe it or not, man, I like San Antonio beating um New Orleans. Ooh, okay, okay. I like San Antonio beating New Orleans. I like those young guys. And I like, you know, obviously, you know, you know, pop. Pop gonna have those guys ready to play. For he's sure, gonna have him, he's gonna have them prepared. You know, you're just trying to win one game and then trying to get to the next, the next set of games and trying to try to hopefully get two more. Um, so I don't know. I, I like them. I like them beating. I like them beating them for some reason. I like San Antonio. You know, on that end. Okay, so let's say San Antonio matches up with Phoenix, and then you have uh, Clippers, Memphis. In the first round, so um, the other series: Mavericks, Jazz, Warriors, Nuggets. Um, any any matchup um, in that first round that stands out to you as like must see, or is there? Do you have a favorite one in that mix? Hey, listen, because I think they're all must see to be honest with you. But like, if you had to pick one as a standout, because I, I would go to state to get Steph back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that could be something scary for them. <laughs> <laughs> them seeing um. See it different, man. Without without Stiff, that that could be that be that could be a game changer. That could be a game changer. So I hope I hope something some miracle here happen and they can get him back. But from what I'm hearing, that he ain't he ain't looking too good for him in his first round. So yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, um, I, like Luca is walking has is in a walking boot. He injured his calf in the last game of the season. So that Dallas Utah. Matchup has a little bit of like a, a little bit of a bummer around it with no, no Luca potentially, um, and with Utah still like they they're trying to avenge some like the the, the ghost of Christmas past basically with uh, pre- previous playoff performances like let's talk of Quinn Snyder losing his job if they don't perform in the playoffs this year so um, that's gonna be interesting to watch out for. Um, but who who do you see making out the West? I mean Phoenix like, like Phoenix is by far the the favorite. Um, by far. Yeah. By far, but I like I like Memphis. Okay, I like Memphis. Honestly, I can see them too. If they don't have to play each other, which they wish they don't until the finals, right? Right. Yeah, they're on opposite sides. So, so that being said, I I see that as a as a Western Conference uh, matchup. You know okay, West saying? Conference on Suns and Grizz. 
I I see that. I see that. And I would like to see that game. I would like to go see one of those games, to be honest with you. I would like to pull up to see one of those games because, believe it or not, that young team is – that young team is ready. They can play. Nobody's giving them a lot of credit, you know what I'm saying, because all they young, okay, they're having a good season, but they're not going to be ready in the playoffs. I mean, listen, the way they've been playing this year, with Ja, without Ja, without starters, everybody on that team is just – always ready to play that coaching staff has done a great job at just, you know, making sure these guys play for each other. They play together. It's almost like watching a, a professional college team play, mm. like just, just how together they are. And it's, it's amazing to see, to, to see that style of basketball in the NBA and to seeing that how successful it is. So um, I'm definitely looking forward for Memphis to like, you know, doing something big in this playoffs for real. Yeah, I'll be rooting for him. Uh, when 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 the I was hoping for the weirdest finals possible uh, early on the season. I was hoping for Memphis Cleveland, um, but you know Cleveland's injury issues kind of made, made that role a little tougher for. Him. But oh man, is Jared Allen gonna come back? No, I don't know. Uh, Moby just got came back. He's Jared Allen's kind of a question mark. That's one of those things. Like if they make it to the proper playoffs, he may be in the mix again. But right, it, it's 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 tough. That's a bummer, man. That's a real yeah, bummer because he could play. Is play against his former team too in the play in here but yeah so uh who knows what happens with, listen i love the hornets but if the hornets somehow end up in the, as the eight seed they're not beating miami in the first round um they can maybe yeah. take a game off them but i think That's miami i think whoever the eight seed is they're losing to miami um yeah it's gonna with be all tough. due respect <laughs> yeah it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough those guys are gonna be ready to play yep yep yeah and, and, for sure. and and nobody's not talking about it. Oladipo came back and just had 40. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had another guy like that off the bench <laughs> with Tyler Hero and those guys. I mean. It's a problem. Man, it's a big man. problem. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, maybe the Nets, I guess, are the favorites to to play Boston um, at, the, at the two seed. Um, or excuse me, uh, at the seven seed against the two seed. So. What do you make of either Boston, Brooklyn, or Boston and Cleveland? I mean, you feel like Boston advances no matter what? Or do you think if like if the Nets end up as the seventh seed, how do you see that, that series going? I could be scary for Boston. I think that could be scary for Boston. You know, Boston has definitely been playing great. You know, you know, go got those boys over there playing great defense. They're playing mm-hmm. together. They, they they finally figured it out. You know, Jalen Green, not Jalen Green, Jalen Brown and um Tatum has finally figured out how to play with one another, you know, and it's it's dangerous because they got a great defensive team. They play together, and they, like I said, they find a way to, to to figure it out for them to to um, be successful on the court at the same time. But on the flip side, I, I can't I can't I can't go against KD. You yeah. know the things he can do. I can't go against Kyrie. The things he can do and just you know the type of team that they have. They have so many guys over there that's battle tested. You know what I'm saying? So it's 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 that could be a scary situation for Boston. But I think it would be a definitely a good series. Yeah, that, that could that could be the, the series of the of the first round if it's um mm-hmm. if it's Boston and uh Brooklyn or even Boston versus Cle like a, a fully healthy Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um the rest of the ones um so we talked about the heat. So Philly, Toronto, Milwaukee, Chicago um, the Chicago one's another bummer, kind of like Cleveland. Like Chicago's just riddled with injuries, and they—they they, I don't know what's up with them because 
when the Hornets played them, the Bulls just didn't seem interested in playing defense whatsoever. Um, it was very weird. Um, very weird game to watch. But with the, with the way they're playing and with their current injury issues, I don't see them advancing beyond uh, uh, Milwaukee. Like Milwaukee's, they're my, they're my favorites to win the East, Milwaukee. Um, and then on the other end, you have Raptors, Philly, um, which that could be really interesting because the Raptors can be really annoying to play against. Because they can, they're no, so versatile, gonna, and so they can that's, switch. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough game for Philly. Yeah, that's gonna be a very tough game for Philly. <laughs> and they are gonna need James Harden to be James Harden because Joe and B can go. He can get his, but the way that team play and the way they've been playing, mm-hmm. I don't know. That could be a scary matchup too. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes seven. I think that goes seven. Yeah, uh, it won't surprise me if Toronto end up you know slipping that one. I mm-hmm. won't. I won't be surprised. Honestly, I'm with you too. Cause like, there's also a bunch of weird stuff about Doc Rivers going to, to the Lakers too. And like, there's so much Lakers have their fingers in so many different things. <laughs> like, I'm like, uh-huh. is everyone 100% focused on this playoff series or not? I don't know. But and actually, you know what? It's like the loser goes to the Lakers because Nick Nurse is uh is another guy that the Lakers are allegedly afterwards or reportedly after. So I bet they, I bet they are. <laughs> Nick Nurse is a great coach. He is, yeah. He's a great coach. Um, I've heard Kurt. Uh, I've heard on um, Quinn Snyder too, though. Yep, I've yep. heard him too. So you know, he might say, "Okay, if I can't do it in Utah, then go on to the LA Lakers and try to, you know, get me a team there." Yeah, but you know, I, w- I would hope that nobody thinks like that and just you know, try to handle the task at hand in that moment. Oh no doubt, no doubt. So, well, who do you like out of the East? Like, what's your East Eastern Conference Finals? What I would like to see is Milwaukee, which call it again, in Brooklyn. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and the- I would like to see that again. Yeah, you know, running back, both guys with Kyrie healthy, you know, KD healthy, um, everybody healthy, like Lamarcus Aldridge, all those guys over there, Patty, you know. You well, know, this is a Ben Andre, Simmons question Andre mark too. Drummond. Like he may and come Simmons, back. I doubt yeah, it, but I don't think he's coming back. But if he do, if he do, that's a game changer. And Ben Simmons come back and play. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Ness is my favorite to win it. And I ain't talking about just the Eastern Conference. I'm talking about the whole thing. That's my favorite. Okay. Adding him to that team just, you know, that would that would put everything over the over the top. So, uh, let, okay. I mean, let's pretend Ben Simmons doesn't play, though, because I think that's probably the most likely. I have a hard time thinking he comes back, like goes right into a playoff game. That sounds kind of after not playing at all. But who knows? Crazy things will happen. Um, so if, if everything as is, let's say Suns, Grizzlies, uh, Bucks, Nets, and the respective mm-hmm. conference finals, who wins the whole thing? Bucks, Grizzlies. That's my. That's the championship game. That's what you're saying. Oh no! So like the, in the conference finals, we have uh, Suns, Grizzlies, and then the Eastern uh-huh. Conference, we have Bucks, Nets. So with that final four, Ooh. who wins the whole thing? Like I said, with Ben Simmons, I'm going with the Nets. No Ben Simmons, <clears throat> I think it would be hard for them to beat Milwaukee with the type of team they have and some of the pieces that they've added and just trying to beat them for seven games. I think it would be tough, but still doable. But I still have to get up a hand to the Milwaukee Bucks in that situation. And then um, – 
on that flip side, man, I'm gonna go on the limb, man. I'm going with Memphis. Memphis to I'm win the West, to win yeah. the West, or so yeah. who's your pick to, to win, win the it day? all between yeah. those two? If that, if, that, if that was the scenario, I'm going with Brooklyn. Okay. okay. But I didn't say Brooklyn, though. I said Milwaukee. So, you know, that, that, that scenario, I've got to go with Milwaukee. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm here for it, actually. I, <laughs> I think it's, it's the lack of – like, I don't go as far to say the Bucks have been disrespected as defending champs, but I feel like it's so weird to have – I feel like they're a sleeper. And, I feel like nobody's talking about them. But yeah. But you know what, though? I'm going to change my mind, man. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go on a limb. Okay. I'm going on a limb. If Memphis get that far, they're going to do it. All right. They get that far, they're going to win it all. I just like the fact that, you know, and I'll I be forgetting that they got, they got guys like Steven Adams over there who's playing in some big games and, you know, he's a bona fide big. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So if he play against any, any other bigs, like Giannis may not be as fast to stay in front of Giannis, but he's definitely strong enough. And then a lot of people not talking about, you know, Jackson, Jaron Jackson, who to me, I think defensive player of the year. Okay, nice. I think he's defensive player of the year. So I like to see that matchup between him and Giannis. Giannis definitely, you know, will be one heck of a matchup for anybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? But just to contain, contain him a little bit, uh, I, I like, I like, I like Jaron Jackson. I like that. I like that. I like young fella. All right. I like it. I respect it. So you heard it here first. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies win the whole thing. Let's go. Here for it. <laughs> Bring back Zebo for the for the parade down Bill Street. I'm here for oh, it. Oh, you already know he's gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> Him, Tony Allen. Uh, oh man! Like bring the whole squad. Running, running, running back. Run, bring all the yeah. boys back. <laughs> I, those are my favorite teams. Uh, those are one of my favorite like squads ever. Uh, that, that that Memphis squad. Um, okay, so. You said defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson. So let's get into let's get into like the MVP, et cetera, right now. And we'll close out on this, all right? All right. So, uh, who's your MVP? Ah, man. I don't want to upset nobody. <laughs> the 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 top three is definitely deserving. So Jokic and beat Giannis? Yeah. Okay. Definitely deserving, for sure. I would like to see Ja get a little a little, you know, a little bit more respect towards that. But definitely most improved going to be John Moran yeah, 100%, this yeah. year. He's going to get that hands down easily. Um, it's hard not to give it to you. It's hard not to give it to Jokic again, to mm -hmm. be honest. It's yeah. really hard not to give it to him again. I know I know everybody trying to make a case for Joel Embiid, and, you know, he, he, he definitely has a strong case. You know, he definitely put up a lot of individual numbers. But if you're talking about just carrying a team and being the whole team and just leading the team in every possible category. Yeah, he's doing everything for, for Denver. Like, like everything. He's I a mean, point guard. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's leading the team in every category. He's just made history, you know, first player to ever do that in one season. I mean... I know a lot of people don't want to give it to him. A lot of people like trying to like avoid doing a back to back. But mm -hmm. I mean, Giannis got a back to back, so yeah, 
you have to give it to this man back to back. I mean, I hate to say it. No, no offense to Joe and B, and no offense to what Giannis is doing has done this season because they both have been dominating. They both have been killing. But if you're talking about just complete all season, what he's done for his team, for his team to be in the position that they're in in the playoffs without two, you know, superstar scores and two superstar players on their team, mm-hmm. uh, I have to give it to him. I have to yeah. give him the upper hand. I'm sorry. You know, I have to give him the upper hand. I have to. No, I'm with you. I, without, without Jokic, that, that team is a bottom – as a, oh, as man, the they, 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 they like like the last last place. Yeah, you know, no offense to the other guys on the team. You know, I know a lot of guys over there. No offense mm-hmm. to y'all, um, but y'all need y'all need that big fella to 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 run around and play and get shots up and do the things y'all able to do. So, yeah, that's uh, what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm here. I, I'm with you right there with you. Rookie of the year, um, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham. What you think? Someone else. K. Cunningham, I can't give it to him because he was hurt a lot mm-hmm. during the season. Um, yeah, it'd be between Mobley and um and, and Scotty Barnes. It'd be between those two. Okay, to be honest, I think it's between those two. And honestly, depends on I. I can't say it depends on what happened in the playoffs. I don't know. I'd like to see a co MVP. A co a co rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, I say MVP. I'd like to see a co rookie of the year. Yeah. Okay. Give it, give it to both of the young fellas, because yeah. I can't say I can't I can't say one played better than the other. And honestly, you can't really say, you know, what I'm saying he was giving it to Mobley at first because they were playing better as a team. Mm-hmm. But now look at Toronto. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. the end of the season, they, they flipped it. They flipped the whole thing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so if you base it on that, then you got to go back. Now you got to give it to Barnes. So I just think, just based on the way they both have been playing. From the beginning of the season through the whole year, I think you you have to go with co co rookie of the years this year. Okay, all right, all right. Um, I, I I mean this this draft class is crazy. So like I'm I'm really excited to see how where this draft <laughs> class is, like ends up being in like five years because the, the, that's the top three of the draft right there, and they, they're all slam dunks, you know, part of the mm-hmm. fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You said um, Jaron Jackson's your defensive player of the year. That's mine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, six, I think six man is locked up with Hero, right? Oh, yeah. That's no question. We ain't even got to add on the players. <laughs> I was, I made like lit, like a, I had like two or three like candidates for all these things. I didn't, I didn't put anyone else down. <laughs> it just says six I mean, on my, else, on my who else came? Who else came close? Oh, uh, man. I think, I don't sound like a homer, but it, I think Ubre had a, had a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he fell off shooting wise and, Hero just just took it up a level. He's Hero's playing Man. starter minutes, but he's not starting. So not it's just starting. not you're not gonna be able to keep up with him mm-hmm. uh, with that production. Plus, you know he's fantastic. He he's a guy who really is proving a lot a lot of people wrong because people were clowning him last year, calling his rookie year uh, uh, a fluke in the mm-hmm. bubble season. So he's he's came, he's came out of it, um, and it's been very needed because. That Heat team is incredible, and he's a big big uh, piece of that, especially with them being the one seed. Yeah, big piece. All right, so lastly, Coach of the Year. Uh, Monty Williams, Spolstra, Taylor Jenkins with Memphis, J.B. Bickerstaff, what you think? Even with the injuries and stuff, I still like what J.B. Bickerstaff did. And no no offense to Memphis coach. I think he, he, he's deserving of it as well. Monty, uh, 
who got it last year? Did Monty get it last year? No, uh, Thibodeau got it last year. Oh. And so, yeah, Monty kind of should have got it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like Monty should have got it last year and it'd be like a situation of we made a mistake. I ain't going to say yeah. we made a mistake, but. Because the Knicks way overperformed last year. Yeah, because like, Tibbs is been, a great coach. He earned yeah, it. Tibbs, he definitely earned Tibbs it. Tibbs is a great coach, so I can't say that, like that, but I still thought Monty still should have got it no matter what last year mm-hmm. as well. But I think it'll be a situation where they're going to probably – he's probably going to get it this year. But Jamie Biggestaff definitely should get it. Like, he did – he completely turned that team around mm-hmm. yeah, with those young guys, and they, they, they figured it out, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Especially yes, after losing Sexton so early in the season, like they bounced yeah. back in a big way, it was ruining people's nights on a nightly basis. Yeah, like, I mean, listen, honestly, it kind of made them better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they freed they, up Garland. They really showed what they had. They had a diamond in the rough and they didn't even know it. Yep. You know, the young boy and, you know, Sexton was kind of overshadowing the what he can do. Yeah. Yeah, Garland's able to cook. He was an all star, you know, yeah, really so, thriving. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I just think. <laughs> You know, and if it wasn't for Ja, you, you could put Garland in the most improved category, but Ja's goes too I'm much. As well. he, he definitely go. He's definitely going to be like one of the candidates, but mm-hmm. Ja, it's, Ja's like hero with six man. Yeah, it's not even. It's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, um, I think that's that's the show this week. I mean, we'll be back next week to talk about the results of the playing. Hopefully, yeah. the Hornets are still playing basketball that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna... hopefully so. I want to go to the game, so let's yeah, let's, let's go, let's go, young boys. Let's get this it, thing, man. Make this thing happen. It's such a bummer too because um, last season, right? Well, two seasons ago, COVID hits. You know, season shuts down. Hornets one win away from the bubble invite, right? right. Next season, they draft Lamelo Ball. The team is playing out of their minds. You know, uh, they're flirting with the four seed in an empty building for the first right. half of the season. Fans get fans are allowed back in um, slowly throughout the year, but that's when the injuries happen. So like the, then the Hornets started falling down the standings. This year, they, you know, looking like like before, like last two months or so, looking like they can maybe get a home game in the play-in at least, and that's off the table. So when the when whenever that happens, whenever the Hornets can host a postseason game, I think these fans are gonna go nuts because it's been like three years coming for like to have something they can like really. They pack the building for and get behind in the postseason, and it's. I, I'm. I'm excited. I'm. A, I may be a part of that if I can be. Uh, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely gonna try to be in there for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for listening uh, to the Believe in Hornets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online. Appreciate y'all as always. Appreciate you, Raymond, as always. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.